وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ مُوسَى And mention in the book Musa a.s. A lesson to learn from him as well. Prophet after Prophet is mentioned here. إِنَّهُ كَانَ مُخْلَصًا Musa a.s. Indeed he was مُخْلَص Who is مُخْلَص? Someone who is chosen from خَالَام صَاد إِخْلَاص is sincerity, purity. Right? And أَخْلَصَ is to choose, to select on the basis of purity. So he was a mukhlas. Mukhlas means, first of all, that he was chosen, he was selected. Right? He was selected and chosen for distinct honor. And what was that? What was a special gift that was given to Musa a.s. out of all the prophets? Musa a.s. is also known as Kalimullah. وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا Allah spoke to Musa a.s. Musa a.s. heard Allah. He heard Allah. Allah directly addressed Musa a.s. Generally when wahi was sent to a messenger, that was through who? Jibreel. Right? But imagine Musa a.s. Allah says in the Quran, وَنَادَيْنَاهُ We called out to him directly. He was mukhlas. He was chosen. He was selected for this high honor, for this distinct honor. Kalam with Allah. He was chosen for prophethood, for delivering the message to Fir'aun, to rescue the Bani Israel. He was chosen. He was mukhlas. And if you think about it, he wasn't just chosen for prophethood, for the rescue of Bani Israel, but even from the time of his birth. Think about how Musa when he was born, that was a time when Fir'aun had ordered that all the sons of the Bani Israel, the newborns, should be killed. Musa was technically, he was supposed to be killed. But what happened? His mother, she was told, put him in a tabut, in a box, in a basket, or something like that. And she did that and put that in the river. And that river took the basket to the tabut to the house of Fir'aun. And Musa was saved. And out of all people who fell in love with Musa a.s. who was the wife of Fir'aun. She loved that baby. وَأَلْقَيْتُ عَلَيْكَ مَحَبَّةً مِّنِّي Imagine if she did not say, I want him to be my son. Would Fir'aun let Musa a.s. enter his house? Never. Did Allah not choose him? Did Allah not save him? Did he not rescue him? And then Musa a.s. as he grew up in the house of Fir'aun, it was known, it was well known that he was an Israeli. But then what happened? Meaning from the Bani Israel, not, you know what I mean. So anyway, Musa a.s. he accidentally committed murder. Right? And then what happened? Somebody came and told him, وَجَاءَ مِنْ أَقْصَى الْمَدِينَةِ Someone from very far came, running to him. Musa, run, go away. They're coming to kill you. So Musa a.s. just got up and he just ran, 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 ran. Ended up where? In Madian. And over there, he stayed for 10 years, got a job, family, wife, everything. Allah chose him. Right? Mukhlas. Allah selected him. He chose him. And mukhlas also means one who is purified. Not just one who is chosen, but one who is purified. Because through all of these tests and trials and difficulties in Musa a.s. life, what was happening? He was being trained. Like in the Quran, we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Musa a.s. وَفَتَنَّاكَ Futuna. We tested you. We made you go through one test after another. Severe tests, severe trials. ثُمَّ جِئْتَ عَلَىٰ قَدْرِ يَا مُوسَىٰ وَاصْطُنَعْتُكَ 
لِنَفْسِي I have produced you for myself. So what's the lesson in this for us? That when we are going through any difficulty in our lives, we know we're doing the right thing, yet it is becoming difficult. Does it happen? We know we're doing the right thing, but it is hard. It is difficult. Then don't worry. Allah knows what you're going through, and Allah is training you for what is to come later. He is preparing you for what is to come later. No test, no difficulty is in vain. There is a reason. So Musa alayhi salam, indeed he was mukhlas, he was chosen. وَكَانَ رَسُولَ nabiyya, And he was Rasul, a messenger, and he was also a Nabi. Who is Rasul? Someone who is given Risala, a message to convey. So Musa alayhi salam, was he given a message to convey? Yes, to who? To Fir'aun. Because remember that when Rasul and Nabi, these terms, Rasul and Nabi, when they're mentioned you know, in, separately, it means the same thing. But when they're mentioned together, like over here, Rasul and Nabi, then there's a slight difference between the two. Rasul would be someone who is sent to a non-believing people. And Nabi is someone who is sent to a believing people. So Musa salam was both Rasul and Nabi. How? He was Rasul because he was sent with a message to Fir'aun. And he was a Nabi because he was also sent to who? To the Bani Israel. وَكَانَ رَسُولًا نَبِيًّا And some have said that Nabiya over here doesn't mean prophet, but rather it means someone of a very high status. Because the word Nabi can also be from Nabwa, which is used for a high place. So Nabi meaning of high status. And Musa salam, what kind of a Rasul was he? Of the Ulul Azm. Right? Because remember that amongst the messengers also, I mean, there are some whom Allah chose over others. فَضَّلْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ عَلَىٰ بَعْضٍ So Musa salam was one of the Ulul Azm. وَنَادَيْنَاهُ And we called him. مِنْ جَانِبِ الطُورِ الْأَيْمَنِ From the side of the Tur, which side? Al-Ayman, the right side. Janib, from Jim, Noon, Bad. Jamb is side. So Janib, that which is on the side. So on the side of the Tur. Tur means mountain. Which mountain was this? Mount Sinai. So Al-Ayman, right. Meaning when Musa salam, he heard the call coming from where? From the right side of the mountain. Or the mountain that was on his right side. That is where he heard the call coming from. That is where he heard the sound coming from. Anadainahu Allah called him. Wakarabnahu Najiya and we brought him near Najiya. Najiya noon jimwal Najwa. What does that mean? Najwa a private conversation. Musa salam was brought near for what? A private conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah chose him for this honor. Remember that Musa salam, when he stayed in Madian for about 10 years, he left Qadir. He was traveling from there towards Egypt. He was going back to Egypt. And on his way, we learned the Quran, and inshallah the story will come many times, but how he, he saw some fire on the mountain. And he said to his wife, you stay here. Let me go. Perhaps I can get some information. You know, there must be people over there. Perhaps I can find out from them about the route, where we should go. 
Or if nothing else, I'll just get a, some fire from there so that we can warm ourselves. He went there to get some guidance. Which guidance? About his journey. And what did he return with? Guidance for which journey? Life's journey. So وَنَادَيْنَاهُ مِنْ جَانِبِ الطُّورِ الْأَيْمَنِ وَقَرَّبْنَاهُ نَجِيَّةِ وَوَهَبْنَا لَهُ مِنْ رَحْمَتِنَا And we gave him out of our mercy. Even Musa السلام, was given special mercy from Allah. Prophethood. And especially which mercy is this? أَخَاهُ هَارُونَ نَبِيَّ His brother was a mercy for him. Which brother? Harun. How was he a mercy for him? Because he was also made a Nabi, a prophet. Because remember that this task that Musa was given was very difficult. On the one hand was Fir'aun. And what kind of a king, what kind of a man was he? Extremely arrogant, zalim, a tyrant, ruler, someone who claimed to be God. Imagine how much control he had over his people. That he says, I am God and his people accept that. How much control he had over his people. So on the one hand was Fir'aun. And on the other hand, he had to deal with who? The Bani Israel. And the Bani Israel were, at that time, you could say, extremely ignorant. Because they had been enslaved for so many years. And you know that when people are enslaved, then they don't have their freedom. They cannot even use their mind much. They cannot learn. They cannot improve themselves. So Musa had a very difficult task at his hand. Fir'aun and Bani Israel. So he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah Taha we learn that Musa salam he made dua, رَبِّ اشْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسِّرْ لِي أَمْرِي وَحْلُ الْعُقْدَةً مِنْ لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي وَجَعَلْ لِي وَزِيرًا مِنْ أَهْلِي هَارُونَ أَخِي أُشْدُدْ بِهِ أَزْرِي وَأَشْرِكْهُ فِي أَمْرِي That وَجَعَلْ لِي وَزِيرًا مِنْ أَهْلِي Make a helper for me from my family. And which helper especially? Harun Akhi. Harun, my brother. Ushdud bihi azri. Strengthen me through him. Wa ashriku fi amri. And let him have a share in this affair of mine. So, in other words, Musa salam requested Allah to make Harun a prophet as well. And the ulama have said this is one of the best forms of silatul rahim that anyone has ever done. That anyone has ever done. Imagine because of the request of Musa what happens? His brother becomes a prophet. A prophet. You know, like your brother, your sister, your parents, you give them gifts. Right? You help them financially, or you help them, you know, through whatever way. Like for example, an older sibling, they really care about their younger sibling, so they say, you know what, I really want you to go to med school. I'm going to take care of your expenses. I want you to do this. So when their younger sibling eventually become a doctor, what do they say? My older brother, they sponsored my education. They took care of me. I am what I am today because of who? My brother. This is their great ihsan on me and I can never forget that. Yes, it's a big ihsan. But Musa salam, his ihsan on his brother Harun was like the best. Because his brother became a prophet because of his dua. وَوَهَبْنَا لَهُ مِنْ رَحْمَتِنَا أَخَاهُ هَارُونَ نَبِيَّا so over here, what do we see? Different prophets are mentioned. Their struggles are mentioned. Why? Because in this is a lesson for us. The one who has hope in Allah, 
then Allah will not disappoint him. Life is difficult. Tests and trials will come. There is a reason. There is training. Don't give up hope. Have faith. And expect only good from Allah. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَاذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ مُوسَىٰ إِنَّهُ كَانَ مُخْلَصًا وَكَانَ رَسُولًا نَبِيًّا وَنَادَيْنَاهُ مِنْ جَانِبِ الطُّورِ الْأَيْمَنِ وَقَرَّبْنَاهُ نَجِيًّا وَوَهَبْنَا لَهُ مِنْ رَحْمَتِنَا أَخَاهُ هَارُونَ نَبِيًّا وَاذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِسْمَعِيلٍ and mention in the book Ismail alayhi salam In Surah Maryam, so far, we have learned about many prophets, many prophets that are mentioned. And notice how it is said, وَذْكُرْ And you mention, meaning you remember. Don't forget this. Take a lesson from this. فِي الْكِتَابِ In the book, meaning in the Qur'an. This doesn't mean that the Qur'an is from the Prophet ﷺ. But rather what it means is that the Qur'an that you're conveying to the people, the book that you're conveying to the people, Also there is mention of such and such Prophet of Allah. And when you mention that Prophet, then there is lesson for you, and there is also lesson for the people whom you are delivering the message to. So mention, remember which Prophet? Ismail alayhi salam. Who was Ismail alayhi salam? Whose son was he? Of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Remember that Ibrahim alayhi salam, when he was told to leave his son Ismail, and Ismail's mother Hajar, Where? In Makkah. And at that time, Makkah was a barren, empty valley where nothing grew, nobody lived. It was just like somewhere in the middle of the desert. There wasn't even the well of Zamzam over there at that time. There was not even the Kaaba over there at that time. You know that? So literally, just imagine an image, a picture of desert. Middle of the desert. Alright? And Makkah, as you know, it's a valley. So there are also barren mountains. And you can imagine those barren mountains, they would even prevent you from looking far. So literally, it's like being in the middle of nowhere. So remember Ismail alayhi salam. Innahu indeed he, kana he was, sadiq al-wa'di. Sadiq, one who is true. True to what? Al-wa'd, the promise. Notice it's not just a promise, it's the promise. Meaning the promise which he made, That specific promise, what did he do? He proved it true. وَكَانَ رَسُولًا نَبِيًّا And he was also a messenger of exalted status or a messenger and a prophet. And you know the meaning of the word Nabi. What does it mean? Prophet. And it also is understood as Nabi, meaning one of exalted status from the word Nabwa. Right? So what was the promise that Ismail salam made? Remember that Ibrahim salam once he left Hajar and Ismail in Makkah, What happened? He returned. And Hajar, she had some food with her. Right? And Ismail at that time was still an infant whom she was nursing. And when she ran out of her food, out of her water, everything was finished. Obviously no milk for the baby. You know, you can be patient, but the baby, when the baby is hungry and an infant, when the infant is hungry, what does he do? Cry. And he does not stop crying. Right? You'd wonder, where is he getting this energy from? But from somewhere, the baby just cries and cries. 
So that crying, it cannot let you sit in one place. So Hajjal, even though she had no food, and she knew that there was no one nearby, there was nothing nearby, she still got up and she ran from Mount Safa to Marwa, right? And you know that she did that several times. In fact, seven times she did that. Why? In search of something, anything. And meanwhile, Ismail, baby Ismail, he's crying. And when she returns, she sees that Ismail is quiet and that the angel Jibreel had struck his wing on the sand. And what had happened? There was water that was gushing out of the ground. And Hajar, what she did was that she was afraid that the water would dry up. So she made like a wall, you know, like a small wall or something around the water. And she said, Zam, Zam. And he stop, stop. Don't spread out and dry out. And the Prophet ﷺ said something to the effect of, May Allah have mercy on our mother. Because had she not done that, that water would have turned into rivers. Right? Meaning there would be plenty of water in Makkah. So she stopped it. Anyway, she was afraid for herself and for her child. She wanted to preserve as much of the water as possible. Now remember in the middle of the desert, what happens? If there's water anywhere, birds will come. And when the birds will come, people from far, they will know that there is some food. There is something. So the tribe of Jurhum, Jurhum tribe, and this was one of the ancient Arab tribes. All right, They spotted the birds or something, and because of that they felt that there was water or some food. So they traveled all the way to the place where Zamzam was. And when they got there, they requested Hajar if they could use some of the water. And she said, sure, you may use it, but it's mine. Don't take over it. Don't think it belongs to you. It still belongs to me. And then the tribe of Durham settled over there. And that empty, barren place, now there were people. There was a whole population over there. Ismail grew up in those people. And Ibrahim he visited several times. At one point when Ibrahim visited he told Ismail, and Ismail a.s. it is said that he was about 13 years of age. In the Quran, that age is described as فَلَمَّا بَلَغَ السَّعِيَ Meaning when he reached the age of running. Meaning when a child has a strong built that he's able to run and carry stuff. Alright? So it is said that he was about 7 or maybe about 13. Still a young boy. Ibrahim a.s. told Ismail about a dream that he had had. And remember that the dreams of the prophets, what are they? What are they? A form of wahi. A form of revelation. Alright? So Ibrahim salam told him about his dream that I saw that I was slaughtering you. So what do you say my son? What do you think? Ismail salam, he said, Ya abati, if'al ma tu'mar. Oh my father, do as you have been commanded. Satajiduni insha'Allah min as-sabiri. If Allah wills, you will find me of those who are patient. So basically, Ismail agreed that, yeah, dad, go ahead, slaughter me. So this was like a commitment that he had made. Now, when you make commitment initially, you know, you, you feel very courageous and you feel very enthusiastic and you give your word and you say, yes, I'll do this. I'm with you on this. But then when it's time to actually do it, then what happens? What happens? We hesitate then we become double-minded. You know, for instance, you tell somebody, yeah, I'll come to your wedding. I promise I'll come. Even though I have an exam that day, but still I'll come. So then what happens? On the day of the wedding, you're wondering, should I go? 
Should I not go? And this is just a wedding. Right? And this is just an exam. Ismail knew that if he went ahead, his father would slaughter him. That means he would lose his life. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes Ismail as صادق الوعد. He did not hesitate. He did not turn back. He did not say to his father, you and your religion and your God, um, I'm sorry, I can't come with you. You deal with this situation yourself. I cannot cooperate with you regarding this affair. صَادِقَ الْوَعْدِ True to his promise. وَكَانَ رَسُولَ النَّبِيَّ And we see that Ibrahim and Ismail both of them, they went ahead. And as he was placing the knife on Ismail neck, what happened? Ismail he was replaced with a, an animal, a ram or a sheep or something of that sort. And Ismail is standing on the side watching his father slaughter an animal because both of them had blindfolded themselves, right? They had covered their eyes so that they, you know, Ismail won't see his father bringing the knife to his neck and Ibrahim won't see, you know, with his own hands he's slaughtering his son. So they had both covered their eyes. So they didn't know what had happened. So Ismail he was not slaughtered. And in the Quran we learn, فَلَمَّا أَسْلَمَ وَتَلَّهُ لِلْجَبِينَ وَنَادَيْنَاهُ يَا إِبْرَاهِيمُ قَدْ صَدَّقْتَ الرُّؤْيَا And when they had both submitted, and he put him down upon his forehead, we called to him, O Ibrahim, you have fulfilled the vision. قَدْ صَدَّقْتَ الرُّؤْيَا Notice how it's not just the father, but it's also the son. Right? Because generally we see parents very enthusiastic with regards to their religion. But children... Especially young, 13 years of age? No way. So Ismail is being praised over here. Sadiq al-Ward. وَكَانَ رَسُولَ النَّبِيَّ And he was a messenger, a prophet. He was a messenger, a prophet to who? To the people that he lived amongst. And who were they? The people of Jurhum. And later on, as the population increased in one generation after the other, the people of Makkah, they were very proud of being the children of Ismail. And they were also very proud of being his so-called followers. وَكَانَ يَأْمُرُ More qualities of Ismail a.s. كَانَ يَأْمُرُ He used to order أَهْلَهُ His family بِالصَّلَاةِ With the prayer. He used to tell his family to perform the prayer. And notice, كَانَ يَأْمُرُ كَانَ يَأْمُرُ He always used to. Not that he told them one day and then he didn't care about their prayers for an entire month. And then he all of a sudden felt that, oh, they're neglecting their prayers. So he yelled at them and then he left them. And then again he yelled at them. No, كَانَ Consistently he ordered them to pray. Consistently. You know, many times the reason why we have bad relationships with the people who are closest to us is that we are lazy. We are not consistent in the way that we deal with them. In the way that we communicate with them. You know, so for example, a mother or an older sister, all right, she gets very upset that the younger brother is constantly bothering her. Hmm? He's constantly coming and touching her computer or touching her pens as she's trying to work. So she says, don't do it. And then she completely ignores him. And then he runs off with her pens and then he's writing everywhere. And then 10 minutes later when she looks at him and she sees all the mess that he's created... Then she yells at him. Why did she have to yell at him? Why? Because she told him once and then she 
ignored him. Ignored him. There was no consistency. There was no follow-up. There was no alternate that was given. So it's laziness on our part, right? كَانَ يَأْمُرُ أَهْلَهُ بِالصَّلَاةِ Consistently, always he used to tell his family to pray. وَالزَّكَاةِ And also to give the zakat. Why is that he told his family to pray and give zakat? Why? Why family? Because قُوْ أَنفُسَكُمْ وَأَهْلِيكُمْ نَارًا Save yourselves and your families from the fire. We cannot be concerned only about our grave, about our hisab, about our home in the hereafter. We also have to be concerned about those who are closest to us. If they're neglecting their prayers, if they are disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what will happen to them? You see, in this surah, the first story we learned was about who? The first story was about who? Which prophet? Which prophet? Zakariya alayhi salam. Zakariya alayhi salam, why did he want a son? Why? Because he wanted his child to lead the people after he was gone. Lead them in what sense? Be their spiritual guide. Right? Be their religious guide. Because he was concerned about the religion of his family, of his tribe, of his nation. He was concerned about them. So this concern we see in all the prophets of Allah. They weren't just concerned about themselves, they were concerned about their families, about their nations, about the people who were closest to them. وَكَانَ يَأْمُرُ أَهْلَهُ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَالزَّكَاةِ Then we saw the example of Ibrahim salam. What did he do? He told his father as well. He did da'wah to his father. When he saw his father doing shirk, he didn't leave him. Then we see Musa salam. He made du'a to Allah to make his brother Harun a prophet. He wanted more for his brother, more guidance for him. Ismail salam is mentioned over here. وَكَانَ يَأْمُرُ أَهْلَهُ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَالزَّكَاةِ And this shows that a person has yaqeen. You know, they truly believe. Because if a person's belief is shaky, then what does he do? Yeah, it's okay if my brother prays or not. Yeah, it's okay if my children pray or not. No big deal. When will a person say no big deal? When the matter of the akhirah is not very certain to them. Because if we believe that the hellfire is haqq, if we believe that the hisab accounting is haqq, it will take place. And one of the first questions that every person will be asked is about prayer, salah, then we would never take the matter of prayer lightly. Neither for ourselves nor for our families. Then it doesn't make sense that we are getting up to pray and our family is sleeping. Nobody's praying and nobody's waking them up either. So, وَكَانَ يَأْمُرُ أَهْلَهُ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَالزَّكَاةِ وَكَانَ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِ مَرْضِيَّ And he was to his Lord, مَرْضِي مَرْضِي Meaning one who is pleasing. Someone who was very pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning Allah was pleased with Ismail salam. He was happy with him. His words, his actions, his habits, his efforts. His efforts accepted, approved, rewarded. وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِدْرِيسِ And mention in the book, Idris also. إِنَّهُ كَانَ Who was Idris, alayhi salam? 
Allah tells us, إِنَّهُ كَانَ صِدِّيقًا نَبِيًّا Indeed, he was a Siddiq. Who is Siddiq? Someone who is? Truthful. Okay. Is that what I told you? Is that what I told you? What did I tell you about Siddiq? Always truthful. Very, very truthful. Very, very committed. Despite the difficulties, he still remains true to his word, to his commitment. Never utters a lie. So Idris a.s. إِنَّهُ كَانَ صِدِّيقًا And he was also a Nabi. He was also a Prophet. Now who was Idris a.s.? He's mentioned only around two times in the Qur'an. Two times for sure. But I don't know if it's more than two times, but not many times. Two places definitely in the Qur'an he's mentioned. Now if you think about it, other prophets are mentioned many, many places in the Qur'an. Right? Over and over again. But Idris a.s. is mentioned at least two places. And in the sunnah also, we don't find much mention of Idris a.s. So there are some reports that tell us about Idris a.s. But those reports are not necessarily authentic. It is said that Idris is from Dars. What does Dars mean? To study. So Idris means Kathiru Dars. The one who studies a lot. The one who reads, the one who writes, the one who studies a lot. It is said that Idris a.s. was the first prophet after Adam a.s. So he came before Nuh a.s. after Adam a.s. And at that time the people were still upon Tawheed. Alright? And this is the reason why he's described as Nabi. Because Nabi is not someone who brings a new law. You understand? Nabi is sent to who? Nabi is sent to who? A believing nation or a disbelieving nation? Believing nation, right? So this is why Idris a.s. is called Nabi. Because at that time people were still upon Tawheed. It is said that Idris a.s. was the first person to write. He was the first person to write. He was the first person to use a needle. And there are some riwayat that tell us about the different things that he did. It is also said that he was an expert of hisab, you know, of calculations. And in another place in the Qur'an, he is described as min sabirin He was among those who were patient. So, وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِدْرِيسِ إِلَّهُ كَانَ صَدِّيقًا نَبِيًّا Even if we don't know much about him, there is one thing that is mentioned over here that is worth taking a lesson from. And what is that? Siddiq. وَرَفَعْنَاهُ And we raised him. مَكَانًا to a station, to a rank, that was Aliya, Very high, very exalted. مَكَانًا Makan is a place. Alright? But it doesn't just mean a place. It also means position, status. And Aliya from Ali, Ulu, to be high, exalted. So مَكَانًا Aliya, what does it mean? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a very high status. And what is that status of prophethood? An exalted position near Allah. Meaning he was very close. He was one of the closest servants to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ula'ika those. Who? Those people who have been mentioned over here. Beginning from Zakariya alayhi salam, Yahya alayhi salam, Maryam, Isa, Ibrahim, Musa, Ismail, Idris alayhi salam. All of them, Allah says, Alladina, they are those who an'ama Allahu alayhim. An'ama, he showed favor. Allahu Allah alayhim upon them. These are the people whom Allah bestowed 
his special favors. What favors? What gift did he give them? Prophethood. Knowledge. Who do we consider gifted? Who's gifted? Huh? You know, like for example, if a person, they have a particular skill, whether it is talking or it is writing really well or it is art or it is you know, knowing how to make money quick, whatever it is, we think they are so gifted. They are blessed. Of course, that is also a blessing. But what blessing is mentioned over here? Of prophethood and knowledge. In Surah Al-Fatiha, what do we say? اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ The straight path is of who? Those people whom Allah bestowed His favor to. And who is it that Allah would gift? Who? Those whom He is happy with. So He gives them more and more. And He gives them more knowledge, more hidayah. So these are the people whom Allah bestowed His favor on. Why are we being told about this? Is there any benefit for us in knowing this? That Allah gifted these people? Exactly. We ask Allah, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ mustaqim. Allah show us the right way. Allah tells us the way of these people is the right way. Because these are the people whom Allah was happy with. So what are their qualities? What are their characteristics? We have seen in this surah. From being Siddiq to Sadiq al-Wa'd. كَانَ يَأْمُرُ أَهْلَهُ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَالزَّكَاةِ Right? All of these are characteristics of people who are on the straight path. And all of them were min al-nabiyyin. They were of the prophets. And they weren't, you know, some supernatural beings or something. No. Min zurriyati Adam. They were from the children of Adam. They were human beings just like you. They weren't angels. They were human beings. وَمِمَّنْ حَمَلْنَا مَعَنُوحٍ And they were of those whom we carried with Nuh. Meaning some of these prophets, they came before Nuh salam, and some of these prophets, they came after Nuh salam. So those who came after Nuh salam, they were basically survivors of the great flood. Right? Because their ancestors were carried in the ship with Nuh salam. Hamalla, Hamalla we carried where? In the ship. مِنْ ذُرِّيَّةِ Ibrahim. وَمِنْ ذُرِّيَّةِ Ibrahim, And they were from the children of Ibrahim salam, Because after Nuh salam, many generations later, who came? Ibrahim salam. And then Israel, And after him, Israel. From among his children were also many prophets. وَمِمَّنْ هَدَيْنَا And all of them, those whom we guided. وَجْتَبَيْنَا And we chose them. So all of them were guided, and all of them were chosen. إِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِمْ And what's the sign that they were chosen, they were guided? إِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِمْ When it was recited upon them, آيَاتُ rahman The verses of the Most Merciful. What was their reaction? خَرُّوا They fell سُجَّدًا In prostration وَبُكِيَّا And crying. They fell in prostration, weeping. Crying. سُجَّدًا is a plural of Sajid and Buki is a plural of Baki. Baki is one who is crying from Ba Kaf Ya or Wow. Buka, which is to cry. And it's basically to cry 
without making any noise, quietly. So the implication of this ayah is that all of the prophets, you know, whether it was Zakariya or Adam or Ismail from whatever family, whatever time, they were all essentially upon the straight path. They were all sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were all delivering the same message. They were all calling people to Allah. And this means that we must believe in all of the prophets of Allah without discriminating between any of them. Because the Bani Israel, what did they do? They only believed in the prophets that came from their nation. Right? Their family, their lineage. And if there was any other prophet from another lineage, they rejected him. So this is also an implication over here. And also, one more characteristic of the prophets is mentioned. That how their hearts were awake. Their hearts were sensitive. Very sensitive. And how is that mentioned over here? How is that described? That when they heard the Qur'an, or when they heard the revelation, their reaction was instant submission. Instant submission. They wept. They fell in prostration. Why would a person fall in prostration? Have you ever seen someone falling in prostration? Never. Maybe on TV in a recent game or something? Did you see anybody? Yeah, so why did he fall in prostration? Hmm? I don't know. To give thanks or to be because he was grateful? Okay, good. Gratitude? Yes. Okay, very good. That when you're overcome by your emotions and, and you don't know how to react and you feel the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're so grateful that you cannot stand still, you just fall in prostration, thanking Allah, praising Allah, glorifying Allah for the blessing that He's given. So the prophets of Allah, they enjoyed the revelation. When they received revelation, they didn't stand arrogantly untouched, their hearts unmoved. No, they felt it. They were grateful. Their hearts were overcome with also fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they fell in prostration and they wept and wept. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَاذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِسْمَاعِيلِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ صَادِقَ الْوَعْدِ وَكَانَ رَسُولًا نَبِيًّا وَكَانَ يَأْمُرُ أَهْلَهُ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَالزَّكَاةِ وَكَانَ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِ مَرْضِيًّا وَاذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِدْرِيسِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ صِدِّيقًا نَبِيًّا وَرَفَعْنَاهُ مَكَانًا عَلِيًّا أُولَئِكَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّةِ آدَمَ وَمِنْ مَنْ حَمَلْنَا وَمِمَّنْ حَمَلْنَا مَعَ نُوحٍ وَمِنْ ذُرِّيَّةِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْرَائِيلَ وَمِمَّنْ هَدَيْنَا وَجَتَبَيْنَا إِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُ الرَّحْمَنِ خَرُّوا سُجَّدًا وَبُكِيًّا 